the firstborn over all creation. You hear that word again? Firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning. Listen to this the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. How shall we who die to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Hello and welcome to the Love Key Church podcast, where we share our church's message of the week. My name is Heinz Winkler, and together with my wife, children, and our leadership team, we host Love Key Church here in Somerset West, online, and on this podcast. It is our mission to help you to encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life, and help others to do the same. We trust that you will find this message empowering, encouraging, and inspiring. Please share it with your friends and family and write a review for us. And a huge thank you goes out to those who have already done so. May you be thoroughly blessed as you listen to this message. Hello, Judge family. Heinz Winkler here. I'm so glad I can be with you. I'm recording this video to catch up on Sunday's message that was cut short, unfortunately, with the online stream because we had a power outage at the venue we're at. And it wasn't just the venue, it was the whole area. So there was unfortunately absolutely nothing we could do about it. And uh, we are very sorry about that. But we had a powerful time in God's presence. And this Sunday, I felt God led us to to minister the word first and then go into praise and worship as a response, as a reaction to, to what we heard. And it was such an amazing time. And um, by God's grace, we had a sound system that can still function without uh, all the power we need. Uh, we've got speakers that are self-powered. So that was great. We could go on in some way. Uh, and oh, we had a wonderful time. So for the, those of you who missed it, I'm sorry, you missed out on something very special. But I I definitely want every one of our community, uh, the in-person community and the online community to hear this message. I believe it's really important and I would love for you to take the time to listen to this, to let it sink into your spirit, to let God speak to you. And I'm trusting the Holy Spirit that He will give all of us this revelation. So welcome, welcome to Love Key Church uh, on our special catch-up message today. Uh, I really hope you enjoy it and that it means so much to you. Thank you so much for being here today. We are going to go right into this, but let's pray first. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that we have the privilege to gather even in this way. Lord, we uh, were uh, stopped last Sunday from broadcasting this, and I just want to pray that you will protect this recording, protect this broadcast, and that this will go to every person that needs to hear this. Lord, Holy Spirit, I pray that you will help me to convey this message in a truthful and powerful way. And I pray that hearts and spirits will be open to receive from you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Well, as you may know, if you've been following us or whether it's been an in-person gathering or uh, online, you know that we are busy with a series called First, 
and we have been discussing some very exciting things. Uh, first things first was our first message, and then we spoke about the first commandment last week. And um, I want to quickly just recap those for you, and I'm going to look at my notes here. I'm going to try to speak to you. It's going to uh, take a lot of focus, but I believe it's possible. So our, our series text, mes- text uh, verse, our main series verse is Matthew 6 verse 33, which says, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And the question I believe we have before us is, what is His righteousness? Do we know what His righteousness is? Perhaps part of this um, commandment from Jesus to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness is part of it. Part of it. Like, I need to find it. I'm, I'm looking for it. And I, if I find it, I need to grab hold of it and make it part of who I am. But it's important for us to understand His righteousness, because it's going to tie in beautifully with our message today, and I think you're going to see it later. So just remember this point. What is His righteousness that we should be seeking? Um, So keep that just in the back of your mind. All right, and our recap. Two weeks ago, we talked about the message, first things first, and we established that it's clear from Scripture that we need to put God first, and by extension, our bodies, which are the temple of the Holy Spirit. How do we put our bodies first? We spend time with God. We praise and worship God. We take our focus off of everything flesh and, and, and of this earth. We are being transformed by the renewing of our mind, by spending time with God and worshiping Him. Also, by keeping our, um, our temple pure before God, sexually pure, uh, free from sin, free from idolatry. We keep it healthy. We eat well. We, we exercise. All of this is part of keeping our temple uh, prioritizing our temple as an extension of putting God first. And then we also spoke about how by further extension, we put the church first because it's God's bride, the bride of Christ. And Christ is the head of the church, the, which is his body. It's so important for us to understand how important church is. So when we put God first and we realize that once I'm born again, this body is a temple, I need to now be part of the local church and all of us who are temples together become the temple the church of god and we each have a very specific role to play in the local church and we want to see you do that each and every one of you do that last week we spoke about the message called the first commandment and we spoke about exodus uh, 20 verse 3 how it says you shall have no other gods before me and i asked a very important question to all of us Do I love God first in my life? And what does that look like and what does it mean? And we saw how easily we as people can can turn away from God and turn to fake gods, fake idols. Even the people of God who saw God speaking to Moses put Moses first before God. And when he was away for 40 days, when they couldn't see him and they were frustrated by the delay, they just easily turned to a fake God they made themselves. And then we all dealt with whatever idols, gods, ideas, people we may have in our lives that we put beside God, in other words, make it as important as Him, or above God, we laid it down and we asked God to, we repented from that and we asked God to heal us from that and to keep us focused on Him first. And then something quite amazing happened that Monday morning, 
which is last Monday morning, I open up the YouVersion Bible app and the verse of the day was Deuteronomy 6 verse 4 to 5. And it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Let me put it up here for you. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Amen. So, and you'll remember if you listened to the previous message that, excuse me, you'll remember that we spoke about how Jesus in Matthew and Mark, he told the scribes which is what is the most important and first commandment. And I told you that he wasn't quoting Romans 20 verse 3. But he was quoting this, Deuteronomy 6, verse 4 to 5. I didn't tell you that. And I, I wanted to share this with you because what happened here is that Exodus 20, verse 3 was the first time that Moses shared the Ten Commandments with the people. And it was 40 years before they entered the promised land. Now, just before they entered the promised land, Moses repeats the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy 5. And then he tells them this to love God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. And that encapsulates the whole of the law. And, the, and I told you how the focus of, that the, we can get stuck on the letter of the law, but we need to always keep in mind the spirit of the law. And the spirit of the law to put God first is to love God first. And that's why we ask the question, do I love God first? Amen. All right. So, as a bit of an introduction to today's message, it's called the, the Firstborn is the message title of today. The Firstborn. And I want you to notice in this picture, I know this picture looks a little bit like a picture we would typically use around Christmas. But I want you to see how, how there's a manger and there's a cross. Alright, so that's very important. We're speaking on the Firstborn. And um, I'm trusting Holy Spirit to show all of us, what I believe He revealed to me this week, and it's so important that we are expecting to encounter God right now, to align with His purposes so we can reign in life and help others to do the same. Amen? All right, so let me ask you the question. How many of you are highly competitive or see yourself as highly competitive? All right, put up some hands there. Come on, show us. Put up some hands. Now, you may think that you're competitive, but I, I'm going to tell you that my wife is She's, if, if there was a prize for the most competitive, she would win it because she loves being first. She truly loves being first. But she will tell herself the only time she doesn't mind not being first is when it comes to saying sorry in our, in our marriage. Um, I remember just before we got married, one of the pastors in our lives, he, his advice to me was to have a competition in our marriage where you're not, you know, the, the one who wins is the one who says sorry first. And my wife very gladly said, you can win this one. <laughs> All right, but this drive to be first causes her to be a strong leader, the entrepreneur that she is, and it causes her to innovate, to try new things no one else has tried. And when the new thing she tries works, then hundreds or even thousands of people will want, will want to jump on the same bandwagon and try to follow suit. She's an absolute pioneer. She was an influencer before being an influencer was a thing. She started the hashtag look of the day here in South Africa, and now it seems that everybody's doing it. 
And uh, she, she learned how to become an image consultant, then became one of the busiest in the country, eventually took over that, that company and is now training other image consultants. She wrote the Lullabible for Moms and Babies in a day and broke record sales, even beating Uncle Angus here in South Africa. And the list just goes on. And she's done all of this while loving Jesus first, loving me well and cheering me on and being a rock star mom. It's amazing. What's my point? Well, apart from establishing that my wife is amazing and that I myself came first by marrying her, I want to point out that by being this trailblazer, by cutting a way through a forest, an unknown forest, by being the first in something brand new, she made a way for others to follow. That's very important to note about being the first at something for our message today. Others can now look to her and say, how did you do it? Or they would just follow her example, hoping to achieve something similar. And the amazing thing about my wife is that she will tell you how she did it. She will tell you. But she will encourage you to do it your own way. To not compare and to not copy. But to fulfill the unique calling that God has on your life. So yes, be inspired. Don't compare and copy. And it's very interesting to note that she's actually not a firstborn. She's the youngest of four. I, on the other hand, am ironically a firstborn. Uh, anyway, so when a child is formed in a mother's womb, he's formed by the seed of the father coming together or fusing with the egg of the mother. And life starts at conception. It's very clear from Scripture, Psalm 139 and others, that life for God starts at conception and that He even knew us before we were formed in our mother's wombs. This And every time this happens, every time a child is conceived, it's a miracle. It's an absolute miracle. A new person is created. Now the firstborn, and we hear this in scripture as well, opens the womb of the mother. And in a physiological way, makes way for the other children. But the firstborn also paves the way for the father and the mother's first experience as parents. It is the parent's first experience of having a baby. A toddler, a child, a teenager, and a young adult. The parents lit, you know, cut their teeth um, as parents while the baby is literally cutting their first milk teeth. I remember with Leon, our firstborn, how I was disproportionately ecstatic on his first birthday. Why? Because he was alive. <laughs> I was like, he's alive. And people were thinking, why is this such a big deal? Was there any, anything that happened we should know about? And it was literally just that thing of, you know, that day they handed him to us to take him home. I'm like, we're not qualified. <laughs> I felt so, you know, ill-equipped. But I loved him so much. And by God's grace, you know, he's, he's such a beautiful, awesome boy now. But on that first birthday, I remember, you know, now I know I can keep a child alive for at least a year. <laughs> it's great to know that. But once again, my point is the firstborn paves the way for the other children. He becomes or she becomes the one that someone can look up to, learn from, be inspired by, someone to model. And today we're going to look at Jesus as the firstborn and what that means and how that should impact our lives. Now, you know by now we are a Bible-based church. We love the scriptures. We love the word of God. So get ready to do a lot of scriptures, all right? We're going to kick it off in Romans 8, verse 28 to 30. And we're going to go through um, a few scriptures here right now. All right. So get your Bibles and read along with me. 
Romans 8 verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, whom he knew beforehand, he also predestined. He had a plan for them. What was that plan? To be conformed to the image of his son, that he, Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, he also called. Whom he called, he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. How powerful is that? All right, we're going to go now to Revelation 1, verse 4 to 8. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And he has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, and they who pierced him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. How powerful. This is such good scriptures. Colossians 1 verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God. Another translation says he is the visible God of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. You hear that word again? Firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church who is the beginning listen to this the firstborn from the dead that in all things he may have preeminence sure powerful for it pleased the father that in him all the fullness should dwell and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him whether things on earth or things in heaven having made peace through the blood of the cross and you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Sure. Let's look at Colossians 1 verse 23. If indeed, sorry, this is part of the, <laughs> this is still part of that segment. I'm sorry. So verse 23. If indeed, this is a very, very important if. Let's go back to the previous verse. Just get you in the flow. In the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. So this is what he will do. But here comes a big if. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and you are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Sure, 
Let's listen to Romans 6 verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who die to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. That's such a great line. He's been raised from the dead, so he dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the dead for the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. <laughs> Are you starting to see something here? This is so powerful. All right. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let us look at John 3 verse 3. Now this is Jesus speaking to Nicodemus, a very important Pharisee in the Jewish religion at that time. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. Wow. Powerful stuff. These scriptures are so good. I want you to go and read them again over and over again slowly putting emphasis on these words. Let it sink into your spirit, man. It's so good. You need to meditate on this. You need to read it regularly. So good. I remember a few years ago, Leon was still quite small and in pre-primary. And uh, he definitely has inherited the competitiveness from his mom. And this one day, Aleta came home and told me that she went to fetch him from the little preschool and Leon was in tears. He was weeping, very, very upset and sad and disappointed. And it was all because they were playing musical chairs at school. And he fell out early on and he didn't win. And he was completely devastated. And my wife was trying to console him, telling him, not, you know, not everyone wins everything all the time. Yes, some people are natural at certain things and they do very well but not everyone wins at everything and then she said you know what the only one who wins at everything all the time is jesus 
And then it went quiet for a moment. And then suddenly, Leon said from the back of the car, he said, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus is lucky. <laughs> and it was just that beautiful moment of his innocence where he, he's like, I want to be like Jesus because he wins everything. He's so lucky. <laughs> but even in that beautiful, you know, pure, innocent child moment, you know, he was actually onto something in a way. But, you know, we, he, he thinks Jesus is lucky, but Jesus paid a price to be first. He paid a price to be preeminent. He paid the ultimate price to be the ultimate king above everything. And I want to just remind you of what happens each year. Around Christmas, we celebrate the fact that Jesus was born. Now, I know there's many people that differ about when this was, whether we should celebrate it, all that controversy. The fact is, Jesus was born. And I don't see a problem with us remembering and celebrating the fact that He became a human being, God on earth, in order to save us. Anyway. But the fact is, we celebrate, most people that call themselves Christians celebrate around this time. The fact that God... God's son took on human form and came to dwell among us. And, and then around what we call Easter, uh, we celebrate the fact that Jesus suffered brutally and died a horrifying death and then rose from the dead to dwell among men for 40 more days before ascending into heaven to prepare a place for his followers. Now, the, you know, in his birth and in his death on the cross, you need to notice that this was not nice experiences. It was not convenient. It was not comfortable. And in, in today's terms, in a Western setting, we would not want either of these things to happen to our own children or definitely not to us. Now, you know, pe most people nowadays, they hear the word manger and they don't realize what it actually is. It is a trough that an animal eats out of. All right. Have you seen a cow eat? Have you seen an, a, a sheep eat? It's, it's nasty. It's a mess. They are dirty animals eating dirty food out of a dirty place. And this became the place where our Lord Jesus Christ, as a baby, who was already born into humble circumstances, was even further made humble by where he was lying. And then at the end of his life, at, towards the end of his ministry, should I rather say, but before the moment that he was crucified and died, he was beaten with whips, filled with hooks and pieces of bone, and it is designed to rip the skin and the flesh from his body to do maximum damage to the human body. He got 39 lashes. Just imagine that for a moment. Being hit on your back by full force by a, hum a Roman soldier who hits those things, hook into you, and he pulls with all his might away in order to do the utmost damage. That is what our Lord Jesus Christ went through. And by the way, I don't know if you know this, but he was naked the entire time. The movie show cloth just, you know, out of respect and out of making the movies watchable for more people, but he was naked, completely naked, completely exposed. And then this barely functioning body of his that according to scripture was barely recognizable as being human, was forced to carry a wooden beam cross 
to the place where they would nail his hands and feet into the wood and raise him up so that gravity would pull down his body and cause him to suffocate slowly, an agonizing death, usually only meant for the worst of criminals. Naked, bruised beyond recognition, he tells a criminal that repents towards him that he will be with him in paradise. He forgives those who accuses him and mocked him and crucified him. He says, God, forgive them. And then he experiences a moment where God the Father turns his back on him, where he forsakes him. And he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then he says, Tetelestai, it is done. And he dies. Then he's buried, but on the third day, he rose again, defeating death. And now, why am I saying this? Because those two moments, we hear in scriptures, he was born as a baby. And then it talks about him being the firstborn from death. All right. So let's go into those. Jesus was the first to be born from immaculate conception, meaning Mary did not know an earthly man. The, the seed of our Father God, the seed that the Holy Spirit gave her, made her pregnant. So she has an immaculate, a supernatural conception. And I think it's safe to say that Jesus is the one and only immaculate conception that's ever been there. I'm sure there have been many young girls along, <laughs> over the centuries who tried to convince their fathers that that's the same for them. But I'm pretty sure Jesus is the only one. Now, now Mary, Jesus was Mary's firstborn. And she had a few other children after him, but he opened her womb and showed the way for the others. He was also Joseph's firstborn through the power of adoption. You heard this, this message in Christmas. I want you to go back and listen to that if you missed it. So important for us to understand the power of adoption that God was portraying by the adoption of through Joseph, uh, where Joseph adopts Jesus and how important that is. But those are all related to his physical birth, his first birth. And what I want to show you today is truly mind-blowing. It's something that I've never heard before, something that I've never read or heard anyone put together this way. And, it's, and I, I feel overwhelmed by the fact that I feel God has shown this to me and that I want to share this with you. Now, so listen, listen carefully. Jesus was the firstborn of Mary. Now, was he born in Mary from life or was he born from death? Life, right? Because life was kindled from God's egg fusing with Mary, uh, God's seed fusing with Mary's egg. Yes, so he's born from life. Agreed? Okay. Now, look, let's look back at some of these scriptures that we were reading. Romans 8 says that God predestined us to be conformed, to be as, to be the same as, to be like the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now, here's the question. Are we the many brethren of Jesus born through Mary? No. He had physical brothers that came from Mary's womb. 
But we are not part of those brethren. So which brethren are we a part of? Which brothers and sisters are we a part of? In Revelation 1, we see that Jesus is the firstborn from the dead. Firstborn from the dead. Remember that. Colossians 1 tells us he's the firstborn over all creation, as well as he's the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning. And again, we get that phrase, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence, be before everything. Romans 6 is a wake-up call to believers where he says that as many of us that are baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. Then in John 3, we learn from pre-crucified Jesus speaking to Nicodemus that he said in order to see the kingdom and hear the king, ach, enter the kingdom of God, we, we need to be born again. Now, Jesus was born from life when Mary had him. It was a, it was a first birth. Then we clearly see from scripture that he is the firstborn from the dead, which is not what he did from Mary. In our timeline, it happened when he was an adult through his death and resurrection. He did not want to do this in his flesh. He had an intimate, very heart-wrenching conversation with God the Father in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he was so aware of what was lying ahead that he was sweating blood. And he was asking God that if it is his will, that he will let this cup pass before him, that he won't let the crucifixion and the death happen. But God, but he said, not my will be done. Let your will be done. And in that moment, Jesus relinquished his own will and he fell in line. He aligned with the Father's will for his life. And so he became the firstborn from the dead. I believe God is revealing to us here in our small little church in Somerset West and online that Jesus was the first to be born again. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, was the first to be born again. He was born from Mary and then he was born when he got crucified dead and buried but rose again to life he laid down his will he laid down his body and he died on a cross to what to make a way for all of us to be the firstborn of many brethren to do what what does a firstborn do show the way pave the way be the example be the one we can model this is so powerful. It just blows my mind. Let that sink in for a moment. Jesus was born again. He was the first to be born again. Now this blew my mind. And I thought, Lord, why haven't I heard this before or saw this before? And, it, and, and I'm so grateful that he's revealing this to us. And, and I, want to be, I want to make this very clear. I know that Jesus was not born again because he needed to be born again in the sense of that he had sin and he needed to get born again and become a new creation. I know that. And I'm not saying that he 
had any sin. He was perfect. The Bible says he who knew no sin was the one who became sin so that we may have life. And that's exactly what he did. But the way that the Bible is describing this actually tells us that he was the first to be born again, the firstborn from the dead. When we give our lives to Christ, we say, I'm going to let my old sinful man die and I'm going to come alive in Christ. Amen? All right. So how do we apply this revelation? What is the point of this? We need to look further into those scriptures that we read earlier. In Romans 8, we see that those brethren of which he is the firstborn, he predestined them, called them to be justified and glorified. And by being born again first, Jesus created a spiritual slipstream for all of us to fall into and follow his example. And by doing so, we are justified before God. We are freed from sin and we are made whole again with God. The, the division that was there because of the fall of man is restored. It is reconciled. Someone once said that the word justified, if you break it up, it says, just if I'd never sinned because Jesus stood in the gap. Revelation 1 tells us Jesus did what he did because he loves us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. The blood he shed when he was when he was crucified, when he was whipped and killed on a cross. And what else? He has also made us kings and priests to his God and Father. Listen, we are not only saved to go to heaven. We are saved to be kings and priests in God while on earth. And that continues when we go to heaven. We are spiritual royalty when we give our lives to Christ. But we have to die to self in order for that to happen. We have to follow Jesus' example and we need to be baptized into death so that we can come alive in Christ as the new creations we are. In Colossians 1, we see such a powerful description of what Jesus did. He reconciled all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of the cross and us who were enemies by wicked works. This is how we were, how we were before we met Christ. We were wicked. He now reconciled it in the body of his flesh through his death to present us holy. Why did he do it? So that we can be holy and blameless above reproach. And he adds something very important that I want you to see. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel you heard. I believe this is a very important warning and a very important reminder that yes, once saved, we are in God's family. But if we continue in the faith, that is when all those other things I just mentioned in that scripture, that is when it takes place and then it, that's when it keeps on taking place. So we have a responsibility to keep, to stay in that place of complete reliance and surrender to God. In Romans 6, we see that when we, are in, when we are united in the likeness of his death, very important, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin may be done away with. The body of sin is done away with in Christ, that we may no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died has been freed from Sin. What is the point of Jesus being the firstborn from the dead? That we can follow him 
<coughs> sorry, and we can follow his example and be freed from sin. Now listen to this very important if as well. This is part of the uh, Romans 6. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourself, think of yourself as to be dead to sin, but alive in God, in Christ Jesus our Lord. Why did Jesus become the firstborn of the dead? So that we can be his brethren. He's the firstborn of many brethren who did what? Died to sin, died to the old self, but also were resurrected in Christ to have life and life eternal and life in abundance. That is why this is the gospel message with such a powerful, deep insight. I love this. I want you to see three important things today from these scriptures. And that is that we need to realize that before we meet Jesus, we are in a world that is sinful and broken and separated from God. And we are at, we are in, at, in, we are at a, in a fight with Jesus. He sees us as wicked. He sees us as sinful uh, when we are outside of Christ Jesus. We did not come into this world wanting to please God and live selfless lives. We come into this world selfish, wanting what we want when we want it. That is the nature that we live with. And then we learn some rules and manners and basic ways of civilized life from our parents and other people, if we are lucky to have good parents. But all of this is just behavior modification. It's taking a, a raw situation with a human being and trying to help them to live right. But you only do the things that you're told because if you don't, there are consequences you don't like. It's stuff that makes you uncomfortable, like being disciplined or not getting what you want or whatever it might be. The, the only way that we are truly changed is when we are born again for real. And when you become, when your old self dies and your new creation in Christ comes alive. That is the only time we really change. So, First thing, we are born, all born in sin, and we all start out needing a Savior. Something that can save us from our sinful nature, from the evil desires of our flesh, and from the ultimate destruction that sin brings. Second, we need to be born again to see and enter the kingdom of God and to step into a personal relationship with Him. And Jesus showed us the way by being the first born again, first one to be born again. He was the first to die to self, to die to his natural body that he got at his first birth. And he was the first to defeat death. And then thirdly, we need to know that uh, so, so that we can be reconciled. Sorry. Thirdly, I want us to see why Jesus did this. Why did Jesus become the first to be born again? So that we can be reconciled with God the Father. So that we can be free from sin and eternal death. But more than that, that we can rule and reign in this life as kings and queens in God. Doesn't that just completely blow your mind and get you excited about being one of God's people? I want you to take a moment now to, to just uh, reflect and respond about the things that we spoke about. And I trust that Holy Spirit right now will just minister something powerful in your hearts. 
I want you to take a moment, and wherever you are, wherever you may be, whatever you might be doing right now, that you will just take a moment and that you will just be open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to give you a few moments to just let these truths settle in your spirit, man. And then I'm going to do a prayer. Holy Father, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, I humbly come to you and I ask, Lord, that you will minister to the hearts of everyone listening right now. I pray that they will just take a moment where they close their eyes and focus on you and that they will be open to how you want to minister to them right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will reach into the deepest parts of everyone listening right now, that you will reveal your love to them, that you will reveal your power to them, that you will reveal who you are and how much you love them and why Jesus became the first to be born again. And so that all of us, by choosing to follow him, can be set free from sin and eternal death. By dying to self, we can become born again, new creations, filled with the Holy Spirit. Lives followed by signs and wonders, demonstrations of the power of God, loving well, leaving the fragrance of heaven wherever we go. Jesus, thank you for dying for us on a cross. Thank you for doing God's will and laying down your will and your body for us. Thank you for paving the way, showing the way. We choose to follow you. We choose to die to self, to come alive in you. In Jesus' name, amen. If any one of you out there right now is experiencing the Holy Spirit is tugging at your heart, telling you to give your life to Christ today. Maybe you've realized when, while listening to this, you never knew this, you never experienced this before. You want what God has for you because He created you and He loves you so much. I want you to take a moment to give your life to Christ. It is the most important decision you will ever make and it will completely change your life. Does it cost? Yes, it costs you everything. Is it sacrificial? Yes. Will life be pretty and easy and everything will just fall into place after this? No. There will be tough times ahead. The Bible says it will happen. But the great thing is that when we are in Christ, we have His peace, we have His rest, and we have His joy. Despite anything that happens, we have that. Plus, 
We have scripture to stand on for his protection. We have the local church, which when we are a part of it, we have this amazing spiritual protection. And when we walk in marriage God's way, there's another layer of beautiful protection that happens. And remember that prayer is powerful and that the Bible says that we are more than conquerors in Christ who gives us strength. It says that what is impossible with man is possible with God. And it says that who is, um, he says, whoever is for me, he is for, and he will fight for them. But whoever is against him, he will be against them. So I want you to make a decision while you're watching this, while you're listening to this, and say, today I want to give my life to Christ. And if that's you, please pop a comment or a, an emoji of a hand going up or something so that we know that you've responded. And pray this after me right now. Lord Jesus, today I choose to give my life to you. Thank you, Jesus, that you died on a cross so that I may have life. Thank you that you were raised from the dead to life. And that through a relationship with you, I can have eternal life. Lord Jesus, today I choose to lay down my old self and to become a new creation in you. Thank you for dying for me on a cross. Thank you for forgiving all my sins. I repent of all of my sins and I receive your forgiveness. I choose to do your will and not my will. Holy Spirit, help me, baptize me, fill me, and strengthen me to do the will of my Father in heaven. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for joining me on this and thank you so much for listening. I trust God that He spoke to you clearly and that this will, this will really be something that changes your life. Remember, Jesus was the first to be born again, to show us the way. Follow Him. We love you. We look forward to having you at our church or online if you can't visit us. And uh, may God bless you and keep you and make His face shine upon you. In Jesus' name. Have a great day. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church Podcast Message of the Week. I trust that you had a life-changing encounter with God that will help you to align with His purposes so that you can be one step closer to reigning in life. And may you be inspired to share this with others. Have a great week and remember to listen again next week or catch us live online or come visit us in person. May God bless you and keep you, make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you, your marriage and your family. Bye-bye.